0: Hey, everybody. Hello. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you for asking. I appreciate you asking how I'm doing today. That means a lot to me. I'm glad you're here hanging out with us today. Guess who's here? Oh, yeah. Guess who's here? You know who's here. The one, the only number five, by the way, the fifth time leading the charge, just absolutely kicking indoors the number five appearance on the broadcast with us today leading i don't know you're just dwarfing everybody you're you're going to get groupies out of this jenny that's what i think you're going to get groupies everybody i am so excited to have her here once again i love talking to her i love what she does i love the usda i love all the people that are around her and why they show up every day it's fabulous please everybody give it up for the deputy administrator of the agriculture marketing service national organic program the one the only dr jennifer
1: tucker jenny welcome Hi Todd, it is great to see you. It is wonderful to see you. How are you? I'm. You know what? Thank you for asking. Everybody else just asked
0: when I introduced the show. I'm doing fabulous. I'm excited that you're here. This is. I love having you on the show because I love getting my head wrapped around talking to you. I love thinking about what's going on in the industry and what I can throw at you and what we can talk about and help people get involved. Because as I've done a gazillion, you know, the, the four times prior having you on, I'm going to do it the fifth time. You all don't get enough thank yous from the industry. You all don't get enough thank yous from people. Your staff and what you all do is absolutely amazing. You show up every day. You fight a fight that nobody knows you're even doing. You tackle problems that people don't even know exist. And uh, it's just a beautiful thing. So to have you here and to celebrate your work and celebrate your team and celebrate what's going on organic, hell, I can't get any better than this. I mean, come on. It would be better if you and I were sitting over at Old Ebbett's Grill having a beer and eating some oysters and having this meeting. That would make it a little bit better. But if not, we'll just do it via Zoom.
1: We'll try it sometime, and my team and I, thank you so much. It's always great to be with you and kind of reflect on where we are on this uh, journey together.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt. You know, it, it, it is, It is. Uh, we are on a journey. We're on a journey to figure out how we're going to feed 9.5 billion people in a few years, plus the aliens. You know, they're coming. You and I both know they're, they're coming. coming. Oh, there's no two. They're already here. I mean, I, there's some people out there in the media today, I'm convinced, you know, and, and some of these players out there. I think, Elon, I think Elon's one. I really do. I think Elon's one. I believe he is. I believe he's come down on one something or another. He's here. He's one of them. I think there's a few of them out there. But nonetheless, I'm excited to have you here and let's get rocking. Would you please just tell everybody a little bit about your journey and who you are and kind of what your role is at the NOP so people are kind of get up to speed?
1: Sure. So I'm uh, Jenny Tucker, Deputy Administrator of the National Organic Program. You know, I have been now with the National Organic Program for, I just passed my 11th year anniversary with a program. Well, thank you. What Um, did you
0: get? Did you get something? Did you get like a staple? Did you think you bring you something, nothing? Didn't even acknowledge
1: it. You know, I got um, a, a hug from a teammate and that was really all I needed. So we're good. Perfect.
0: Yeah. Well, we're, you know what? And I'm, I'm sending you a Zoom hug right now and a high five well, congratulating you. you. <laughs> That's awesome.
1: That's and it's awesome. been it has been so interesting watching uh, this uh, community, this sector, this industry grow, uh, learn, expand. Um, it's it's really an amazing uh, an amazing journey. So I've been uh, the deputy administrator for the National Organic Program for a bit over four years. Before that, I was the second in command, so one of those wonky government titles, associate deputy administrator. Uh, but it has allowed me to see sort of all the different parts of, of the. Organic sector and to, to watch it uh, really reach a, a lovely level of growth and, and maturity. And so um, my job is to uh, help uh, protect the organic seal. And so there are people across the organic sector that are protecting the seal, but our job is to oversee the USDA organic regulations. So we develop standards and then we enforce those standards. So when you go to that grocery store and you pick that organic product, we establish what those standards are that allowed that product to be called organic. And then we make sure that it is what it says it is.
0: Yeah, I love it. And it's a big lift, you know, and, and especially from the perspective you have, the time, the tenure and what you've seen. You know, you've done this the whole time. This has been a this has been a roller coaster ride. That in a lot, literally, it's just continued to keep going up, right? It's just like click, 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 click. You go, you know, and it's like it's been a ride. I'm quite sure of that.
1: When I started, we were at exactly 30 people, um, and yeah. now we just passed 80, uh, and it's really uh, for a program to continue to grow in response to industry growth, sector growth, uh, because that's who we're here to serve. It, it has been a remarkable journey.
0: Yeah, I love that. We're here to serve, and that's going to lead me to my, my first question. I think probably one of the most important questions I'm going to throw at you all day today. How important it is, is it? To the NOP and the USDA to have participation from the industry, constituents, the American population, people of this country to step up and support, comment, criticize, whatever they want to do, but get them get involved with this process. How important is it?
1: Ma'am, we serve you. Uh, and so we need to know what you need, and how we can best support you. And that's in a true democracy. That's what government is here for, is to hear the people and serve the people. And that is my real highest value, is to be contributing to our country's democracy as a way of governing ourselves. And I take that really seriously. And that requires that the people who are part of that that system participate in the system. And you can do it in so many ways through uh, our advisory board and participating in that process through rules and regulations, participating in that process, just writing us a simple letter, letting us know what's on your mind. All of those forms are uh, participation. There are many, many doors to democracy and we we want folks to use them all.
0: I love that. There's many doors to democracy. I think we forget that sometimes. I think we forget, you know, I think people probably assume, oh, if I write a letter, nobody's going to read it. And that's really untrue. I mean, Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it's a part of the thing. It's how you, I mean, it could be one line of one letter that goes, Oh, right. And if we don't, to your point, if you don't, if your side isn't participating with the American population, it it goes against what the whole marching orders are, which is to get people and your constituents to be a part of the process. Right. So you, you have that obligation to read those. I think people need to remember that your voice does matter. And, and in this industry, maybe more than almost and I don't know, maybe that's a big stretch, but maybe more than now, almost any of them, if you think about it, right? Because we are setting the path of food.
1: Well, and organic, because it is such a public-private partnership of, um, yes, the government sets and oversees the standards, but uh, the the program is largely administered um, in the private sector by certifiers, uh, by organic businesses, by organic consumers. We are all part of that. And so I think that does up the importance of participation and the organic sector is a passionate group. Um, They really want their voice to be heard and we're here to hear it. So even when, you know, people are angry or disagree, I want to have the conversation of here's why the decisions were made the way they were made. Here's why we're doing it the way we're doing. It. Let me walk you through the process. Um, because when people understand the process, they're better able to participate in it. And that's a lot of my job is to both share and protect that process, no matter what the outcome. And I often get, well, well, what do you think about this policy? And well, actually, I, what I think is I want to protect the process so that that policy was made with engagement from everybody who could be impacted, and the outcome will be the outcome based upon that process.
0: I love it, and I think it's so important that people hear that. And thank you for that. I, I just, I, I, I think we've just got to keep beating the drum of get involved, right, in, in all aspects. And, and and NOP is one, but there's other things that people can get involved in. You know, let your, you know, if you voted for somebody, if you take the time to do it, let them know what you think. That's how we're going to get this ball down the field, right? It's super important. So I love the fact that that. Engagement is something that you lean into, that you want, that you're seeking, that you're asking. And that's why I know, you know, for me, it's such an important first first volley to come out there. I want to get into some of the things that are kind of going on. I mean, um, obviously we talked a little bit about what the NOP is. we got an NOSB coming, meeting coming up, so I'll get to in a second. I thought, but before we did that, There's been some pretty cool things that have been happening at USDA that I do want to throw out on the table, I think, that are worth some time and energy. And one that I think is really cool that I'm seeing a lot of uh, press about, a lot of people talking, you know, really possibly about is this organic transition initiative. So can you tell us a little bit about what it is and what's it about?
1: Yeah. And so one of the things, Todd, that you and I do are um, we play acronym Scrabble. And so we've got some important acronyms to introduce. Uh, and it's within a context of a very exciting initiative. So we'll throw some acronyms in there, but it's really about the initiative. <laughs>
0: and, there, and, and by the way, there is a quiz at the end. So there's, there's always a quiz at the there's end. There's an, an acronym quiz acronym at the quiz, end.
1: Because it wouldn't be the government without the acronyms. But um, so let's talk a bit about this initiative. USDA has announced 300 Million dollars. So uh, um, I, I, that is a, a huge investment in organic uh, for a new organic transition initiative. So that's the first acronym OTI, the Organic Transition Initiative. Uh, and the purpose of this 300 million um, OTI initiative is to provide comprehensive support for farmers who are choosing to transition into organic production. It is also designed to help current organic producers. Um, that may need technical assistance or some mentoring in a certain area if they want to expand their business. So the point of the initiative, uh, the goal is to deliver um, what we call wraparound technical assistance. So that's farmer to farmer mentoring, direct support through conservation, financial assistance, um, and additional premium assistance for crop insurance. Uh, and then ultimately supporting building organic supply chains in targeted markets. So we call that P- pinpointed uh, market development. And so the funding will also be used to increase organic expertise throughout the department. So we're talking um, extension agencies um, and staff at the NRCS, uh, regional technical support centers um, and external partners um, that we work through in order to help organic farms or farmers that are transitioning to organic or just organic curious, uh, find out kind of what's involved in that. And so, one of the components uh, that uh, we are helping to administer through the National Organic Program is the second acronym: uh, Transition to Organic Partnership Program, TOP. So transition oh, okay. to yeah, transition. I was, trying to,
0: to, I was trying to get it quick to get that out, but I couldn't. I yeah, was <laughs> like, okay, transition to organic.
1: Okay, I got to get to them. Yeah, so Organic Partnership Program, TOP. Which is um, one component of that 300 million. So, top is about 100 million of that 300 million, and we will be administering it through the National Organic Program with many, 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 many partners. So, we're building a farmer to farmer mentoring network uh, that will help transitioning, recently transitioned producers who have faced a lot of market shifts or challenges during the transition period. How can we help them? And so, we are building partnership networks across six regions across the United States uh, with a range and depth of local organizations who will provide uh, direct farmer training, education, outreach, uh, connect people with local mentors, have um, farm days where people can come together and talk about the challenges, have workshops on things like market development, um, buying, uh, finding uh, markets for your products, because we're only going to transition organic farmers in if there are markets for those organic um, uh, farmers to sell into. And so business development is a very important part of understanding what is sort of the financial planning you need to do for organic. How do you get through that three-year transition? How do you find markets, um, even markets that will work with you through transitions and long-term contracts? So it's a collaborative initiative. It'll involve many partners that are all working together to achieve the common goals. So we are in the partnership building process right now Big initiative, big investments will take some time to get in place, but it's actually moving quite quickly. Uh, The organic community, I think has been very, really primed for this, ready for this. They're ready for this uh, collaboration and community building and um, uh, the work that we'll have to do to really join hands and join collective efforts across, across the country to, to continue to grow organic. So we're excited about it and looking forward to it.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, look, the, t- the timing couldn't be any better. I mean, we, we know that there's a decline, you know, trying to get new farmers involved, especially in organics. We know that that's an issue. Barrier to entry is always a challenge, no matter what you're trying to do to launch a business. Um, but when you think about market opportunities, which is really, a, you know, a strong area that to, to get people enticed to. If we're not adding more organic farmers and yet demand's increasing, that runway for new people to come on is laying there for you to, to really get into. And I think that to me, when I look at this initiative and I think about where the industry's heading, the demand, what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing, what I read, this is a, 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 as good a time as you're probably going to get to jump on board, come over, you know, get at, come over, follow the light, get away from the dark side, come on over and join us. Because I think those opportunities are going to remain there. And as you deal with an economy that's that's doing what it's doing on a global scale, and you think about supply chain problems and these other things, this is a really, really good time for folks to be strongly considering joining, you know, the organic folks out there and getting that, you know, that I, I like to call it that lift up, right? You know, you're getting out of that chair and somebody throws that hand to give you that boost. This is the time to grab that hand and go for it. Because I think the market's receptive to those, to, to, to new folks coming on board.
1: Well, thank yeah. you, Todd. See, you're a great spokesperson for the program. And we've gotten so much positive feedback about um, the, the intent, the design. Uh, so we're, we're very excited to, to really move forward and start getting this assistance uh, out where it's most needed.
0: Well, thank you. And well, you know, look, it's, it's I really believe we need to care about what we're going to feed these 9.5 billion people as much as how we're going to feed these 9.5 billion people. And if we can do it organically, I'd be the first one to say there's no reason why we can't other than ourselves holding ourselves back. Uh, It's a very lofty goal, but I love lofty goals, right? It keeps you motivated. It keeps you moving forward. So I think this is a great time for this initiative. And I think it's a great time for people to take a hard look at it and step up because we need you, right? We need you. So yeah, I love it. I think it's great. Thank you. Another thing that's, that's, that's up there that is kind of interesting to me, and, I, and, and uh, when I read this, it's like, oh, I wonder what this really means and what this is going to be involved. Let's talk a little bit, if you wouldn't mind, about the EPA um, is no longer maintaining its list of uh, inert ingredients for pesticides, which is interesting, I guess, to me. It's like, okay, first question is, why did they stop? And then the second one, so I'm going to throw, throw you two on this one anyways, um, at the same time. A, why did they stop? And then what does it mean now for the USDA and the NOP? with them doing that.
1: Sure. So um, EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, um, has a very, very important role in evaluating um, uh, materials and ingredients. And uh, the organic program, USDA uh, Organic Regulations, has a list called the National List for folks who are not into this wonky stuff every day. Uh, And the National List lists um, the uh, synthetic uh, materials that are allowed in organic production and the natural materials that are prohibited and then materials that are allowed for processing. And so what we're talking about here is two listings on our national list. It's actually a very specific EPA list three and four, which relate to mainly inert ingredients that point to EPA. So they're EPA list three and four, and at the time the regulations were put in place in 2001, list three and four uh, were actively kind of run by EPA. Now, EPA, like every federal agency goes through some changes. And so they decided many years ago, actually, they were not going to maintain list three and four anymore, and they have a lot of other lists. So um, uh, there are still a number of lists that are codified in the regulations for different purposes at EPA, but these two particular lists that we referred to are now not being maintained. And so the board, the National Organic Standards Board, which we mentioned a little bit earlier, Mm -hmm. uh, had has worked for a lot of years in um, coming up with options of how do you replace list three and four so that people know which inert ingredients are allowed. And so they did some really, really good work. Um, They recommended an option of using a different EPA list. uh, And we went to EPA and said, OK, what do you think of that option? We've got a recommendation from our advisory board to use this other list you have since you're not doing these lists anymore. And they said, we don't think that list that the board has recommended is a good fit and had a lot of good reasons for why they didn't think that was a good fit. But we've got these mm-hmm. other lists over here, and here's some other options. And so it's a very wonky topic about very technical lists. Um, what it fundamentally needs for us is we need to update our regulations in some way that allows us to uh, make these uh, ingredients, uh, synthetics, available to organic farmers and um, in a way that is also manageable. So one of the reasons we use list three and four, I mean, there are hundreds of substances on these lists. So how do you um, how do you replace those reference lists without making the national list five times as long as it is right, oh, right. now, or whatever it would end up being. Right. And so um, bottom line is we have published what is called an advanced notice of proposed rulemaking. It's a regulatory tool where we lay out a lot of different options. So it's not a proposed rule like the community is used to saying, it's a pre-proposed rule where we say, okay, here's what the problem is, uh, and here are a bunch of different kinds of solutions. What do you think? Give us input. And so the community will give public comment on that, and then ideally we will move to a proposed rule with, okay, this was all this participation we got, back to the participation point, and here's what we think the best option is given the trade-off. So it's hard. Anytime we're relying on other agencies' regulations, if those regulations change we've got to figure out what to do and so this is a classic case of that happening
0: what so in thinking about the industry now and thinking about what you know we, we lean right into about the word participation right off the bat I'm going to ask to go back to the whole thing what are your expectations or hopes you know for the community organic community to participate in this process because uh, this is to your point it's a big deal and it, it, it is not it, it's a complicated issue it is not you know the not everybody's going to be into it, right? It's, a, it's a, it's, it's, there's a lot of lifting to go with this. So what, what are you, what are you hoping for the community gives back to you in this process?
1: Um, There are some real experts on this out in the organic community. And so I do, what I'm hoping is um, that the different organizations with interest in this topic, um, some of them are membership organizations, some of them are scientific organizations, that they'll really think through what the options and implications and trade-offs are on Mm -hmm. these lists and give their input on where those trade-offs might be. There are lots of different ways of sort of philosophies of approaching this, and they will require trade offs um, It's really easy to point to another list and say, wow, that's the list, go deal with it. Uh, when those lists go away and you have to either replace them or build your own list. Um, there's a lot of considerations that have to go into that. And so we're looking for solutions right now Is um, we're looking for solutions from smart people who are willing to be um, very thoughtful about the trade-offs involved in different solutions. And the organic community is good at that. So I have full confidence and the ability to get some very, very thoughtful input in.
0: I love it. I love the word thoughtful, right? That when you when you start when you start from perspective of being thoughtful, God, you can accomplish a lot, can't you? Yeah,
1: with <laughs> all that uh, really smart critical thinking. We've got a lot of good smart critical thinkers out there in the community, and so I invite them to this process.
0: I love it. Another thing that's that's out that I, I know has been a, a big project and is and has been uh, is out now in the ethos of the world is the organic livestock and poultry standards. And you guys are now asking for comments from the public about organic animal wel- um, welfare reforms. So two-part question again, you know, and I, I got to throw the, the participation word at the bottom of it. But, A, talk about what, the, what this means, what you're looking for, and how do folks participate <laughs> to help this along. Again, kids, let's participate in the process. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and sometimes the process is a long one and it has a lot of twists and turns. Um, and so uh, this is a uh, OLPS, another acronym, Organic Livestock and Poultry Standards, um, is the continuation of a very long conversation about animal welfare in organic. Right. Um, there was a final rule that it had been finalized, uh, but because of timing issues um, it was ultimately withdrawn, uh, and so so this is uh, a, a kind of a This is not a regulatory term, a take two (laughs) on this uh, rulemaking initiative. So uh, a proposed rule has been published uh, It includes a lot of different provisions uh, related to animal welfare and uh, standards for uh, livestock and poultry. Uh, The public comment period is, as we are recording, still open. And so for folks uh, uh, who are interested in this topic, we've already gotten in 17,000, I think was the count earlier this week. Uh, letters and comments uh, in on this topic. So it is uh, clearly a great interest uh, to the organic community, uh, folks participate through the public comment process during rulemaking. And so uh, regulations.gov is the master website for any rulemaking. And it's amazing. Just sometimes I go, when I'm looking for our rules to make sure everything is okay, you, know, you happen to see what other agencies are listing for rules. And it's really amazing the breadth of work happening across the government. So you know, it's not just about organic. It's about anything in government where agencies want to make a change to a policy that impacts people get involved um, participate in that in that process
0: yeah 100% agree and it and it you know and, and it's not hard to get involved
1: it really isn't um, The regulations.gov really... actually makes it quite easy uh, yeah. to register and that's frankly one of the reasons we have 17000 comments is it's actually easy for people to have their voices heard through heard. that tool yeah yeah
0: i mean look if i can navigate your website anybody can navigate your website. That's a fact. <laughs> That's a fact. I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about the NOSB. And because coming up, we've got a meeting coming up October 18th through the 27th, a couple of days of public comment, then a couple of days of meetings uh, here out here on the West Coast in beautiful Sacramento, October in Sacramento. Fantastic time to be on the West Coast. So before we get into it a little bit and kind of drill down to it, could you give everybody just a little bit of a quick little recap of what actually is the National Organic Standards Board? Just for those that may not know,
1: Yeah, National Organic Standards Board is the advisory board that helps um, bolster participation. So always back to that theme of participation. Um, In fact, Congress um, thought participation was so important, they built it into our act. The Organic Foods Production Act um, uh, established the National Organic Standards Board as 15 volunteers from the organic community who advise USDA and the secretary in the development of the standards. And so they meet twice a year. They represent all perspectives from the organic community it includes handlers and processors and a and consumer um, uh, representatives and um, a, a environmental protection natural resource conservation um, specialists it's amazing the range of people on the board and so they listen to public comment and then they make uh, recommendations to USDA that then uh, feeds into the policy process so uh, they meet twice uh, twice a, a year but work throughout the year right. on evaluating different topics
0: big job big voluntary job big lift it is not you know it, I, I, it I'll be very candid it's 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 like another job it is a big responsibility to sit on, it is but it's a big responsibility that um, I, I know they don't take lightly there's a lot of work involved it's a very it, it can be a it could be a hot button place to work It could be a, you know there's a lot of things that go around there's a, so much passion in this industry uh, it's tough to, to mitigate. It's, it's tough to navigate through that. Some of these times I commend all these folks that are, that are putting this time and energy and doing this lift and how important. And again, nobody's out there thanking them. They're bitching at them, but they ain't thanking them. Right. <laughs> and, and, but I mean, in a lot of ways, and I think it's just so important to remember that this is what these, these folks are doing. Like they, this, you know, they're, they're, they're giving up their time to serve our country, uh, and to serve You know the organic community, and it's you know, and I think it's important to remember that no matter what, no matter what they decide, no matter what we talk about, let's be kind, let's find solutions, let's talk things through, because I think that's how we're going to win the day, and it's so important.
1: It's so important. Our board members, they really do. They're so invested. They are. They when when they join, we let them know kind of what the time commitment is, and some of their eyes get really big, and yet they're still all in, Um, and they really do represent. uh, different perspectives uh, throughout the, the community. And we should, even when we disagree with their decisions, um, are surprised by their decisions, don't understand their decisions, we need to respect and hear them, yeah, and, thank and, them and, and thank them for that work.
0: Yeah. And participate. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, and, and so, you, you know, so there's public comment periods that come with this meeting, right? So there's two days yep. of public comments uh some, and, and of course, this is an in-person meeting. And this is I'm I'm going to I'm going to butcher this Jenny but you're going to have to hold my hand. This is the first in person meeting in how long?
1: Yeah, we were talking about that earlier today. I think it's three years. I think the last time we were together was Pittsburgh, which was fall 2019, because it was spring 2020 when, you know, we wheels, ended up- The wheels, the wheels, uh, the wheels uh, fall off the Our bus. world changed. So yeah, it's a, it's three years. Um, So yeah. uh, I am, I, I think that it will be a time of uh, rejuvenation, of healing, of recovery, of just remembering where everybody sits. So I, I hope we'll all just be- very mindful of the significance of the moment and approach it with a lot of just um, thoughtful back, back to the thoughtfulness, um, yeah. thoughtfulness and respect for the process and grateful for the fact we can be together.
0: Hundred percent. You know, it's so funny because you start to go back to some of these events. These trade shows are coming back on. In some ways, it's like the asylum doors open and I get to see the sunshine <laughs> for the first time. It's weird because <laughs> people just don't know what to do anymore around. It's great though, but the level. I think the camaraderie that's come out of of this time away from each other, and the love that you're feeling back to people, the missing, the conversations, you know, driving forward, it's very powerful. And I think this this meeting is going to be along those lines when everybody gets together and takes a breath and like, oh wow, we this, we're really doing this. So in person meeting is going to be the 25th through the 27th up in up in the big sack here in California, which which will be really something special for people to come join if they can or participate because they are going to be on Zoom too, so you can Zoom watch these, correct?
1: Yeah, this will be a big change for us. Um, it used to be that if you wanted to experience the national meeting, you had to be at the meeting or you had to wait for the transcripts to come out. We are right. going to um, really try to broadcast uh, in real time through Zoom so people who can't be there uh, can uh, can watch at home. And so I, I, that's probably going to be the d- most difficult part of it is how do you hold a meeting with 150 people all in the room, uh, 18 board members and NOP staff and broadcast broadcast to however many people decide to listen. So I think yeah. um, we're all learning how to do this. Uh, and so I'm uh, crossing my fingers that everything <laughs> will camera, broadcast camera. appropriately. <laughs>
0: Put the camera in the back of the room and hope the audio works. That's your best bet right there. <laughs> okay. Without a doubt. I want to talk about a couple of things that are on the agenda, because I think that um, they're important to bring up. and There's certainly some, some topics that are front and center right now and, and getting some press and stuff. Um, and one of which that I I really think that I want to make sure that we keep talking about, because I think it's so incredibly important, is this issue about organic fraud, and uh, it's a real thing, and so can you give us some insight on why this is important for folks to understand, and uh, you know, just what it's about?
1: Yeah, um, fraud is something I spend an awful lot of my days and nights, worrying about because my job, if I have more organic farmers come to the table, my first job has to protect them from fraud. Um, and that's a lot of what we do at the program is making sure that um, the farmers can trust the label so that when they're making that investment, they know we've got their back. And you know, that really summarizes our 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 role here is to make sure we have your back. Um, and that's what the fraud uh, conversation continues to be about. Whenever there is money, there is going to be an incentive for for fraud. And so uh, we work on this in bo- at both domestic and import levels. Um, that there's been a lot of focus on import fraud over the last um, uh, several years, but there have also been some prominent cases uh, involving Department of Justice. So an important part of ours in the enforcement work uh, of domestic fraud. And I think uh, the Strengthening Organic Enforcement Final Rule uh, has many provisions to really focus on fraud prevention. That's under a by. Str- Uh, the Office of Management and Budget right now. Um, And that is the work will continue. So final rule uh, will be implemented and that fraud work will continue, but new things will happen and new needs will emerge. And the board has done a nice job of talking about kind of what's next, what is needed by the industry to make sure we have traceability, uh, make sure that uh, certifiers have the tools they need, inspectors have the uh, tools they need to detect fraud uh, in the moment on the ground uh, when they're doing their uh, annual or unannounced inspection. So, uh, very, very important topic central to our mission here at the National Organic Program.
0: Hundred percent. I mean, this industry is about integrity, and when integrity when integrity is lost, it's in, almost impossible to get back. And it's yeah. it's it's such an important issue. It's it's unfortunate. It's it's so dominant in your day, um, but it's, well, I think and, it's re- but it's the reality though of what this the, business is.
1: And it's not just organic, right? There is a food fraud is a thing. A fraud sure. in every industry where there is money to be made is a thing. And so I don't want anyone out there to think that this is somehow unique to organic. <laughs> um, food fraud is is real. And we hear about it in in the news and uh, is something we all have to be very clear-eyed in uh, confronting.
0: Absolutely. I mean, olive oil, olive oil leads the way with food fraud. Honey, surprisingly, honey is like number five on the list of fraudulent items that things are out there. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that people need to go. It's like, wow, really? It's like, yeah, you know, you need to think about it. There's more money being laundered into, into honey than almost, a lot. I call it honey laundering. Fascinating topic to get into, but, it, but it's really important that we stay in front of this and that we keep these conversations rolling because you are protecting the consumer's interest. And I think that's something that we as organic producers, people that talk about the industry, support industry need to recognize that we all have an obligation to protect each other's integrity and if somebody's not living up to that, they don't need to be in the game any longer. I mean, they need to be called to the mat. I think it's terribly important.
1: And it does take all of us. So we can um, do things at the national level, um, but you know who you're buying from, right? And you choose who you buy from. And I, I think that's. Very, very important, uh, particularly in complex supply chains, very long supply chains. Um, Consider the relationships that you are building so that you have that trust, um, because trust happens between people. Uh, And so uh, we encourage the entire industry to to really take this on collectively. This is a, a group problem.
0: Yeah, 100 percent it is. It's absolutely a group problem. And again, it goes back to participation, folks. I'm going to keep beating that, keep beating that to death on this conversation because it's so important.
1: Yeah, that is an active part of participation. We haven't really talked about that here because we've been focused on standards. But so, you know, we we do have an online complaint form, and if you have evidence that there is fraud happening in the market, you know, you have some, you know, you've got a smoking gun. We want to know about it, um, and so you can file an anonymous complaint with the National Organic Program. And participating in that shared oversight is an important part of um, of the process as well. On after the standards are developed, there's no point in having clear standards if we're not enforcing them and we need your help to do that
0: 100 percent, 100 percent. want to talk i mean you know just recently um the appellate court here in california uh gave a ruling on the hydroponic um lawsuit that was out there and i just want to touch on it a little bit and if you wouldn't mind if you want to just throw a little something on top of that or just comment on it i and, and see what your thoughts are it's a, it's a it's an interesting process that we've gone through um and uh, the lawsuit itself is incredibly interesting uh but i don't think people you know they they read they, they read this hydroponic but when you read the court documents it's much greater than that which uh, which you know i'm i'm glad that we came to the resolution that we did for now and see where this thing takes us but if you wouldn't mind touching on it a little bit
1: Uh, So, sir, uh, briefly, because I think it also comes to sort of this uh, discussion of process in the government. We uh, part of democracy is remembering, you know, the basic civics lessons that a government includes um, Congress that does uh, the Act, the Organic Foods Production Act. It includes the executive branch, which is where our program lives in administering those regulations. But it also includes the judicial branch, and so when uh, we make a decision out of the executive branch that people disagree with, Uh, the judicial branch gets involved and tests um, was what we did legal. And so this was really a case about a, actually it was a form of participation. We got a request, it was petition uh, to uh, prohibit hydroponics. Um, And so the request said that we should do rulemaking to prohibit hydroponics. Uh, And I denied that petition for rulemaking. I said, no, we're not doing rulemaking to prohibit hydroponics. And here's why. And so we explained our rationale for that. And then uh, there's a lawsuit contesting that denial. So that's where it came back to, was us saying we were not going to do rulemaking. And uh, it does work its way through the legal system uh, where the courts upheld that this stage in the process, it made it to the appeals uh, court that um, the USDA uh, it, it, it took a legal act in uh, denying that petition. And the lawsuit goes into I'm not going to try and summarize uh, that at all. Uh, and that process uh, it, 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 there you know, continue to be other steps uh, that can happen here. But that's a, a thumbnail of of
0: what what's, happened, what's
1: in the public. Uh, right. All of that is part of the public record of what happened.
0: But again, it's about that participation work, No matter what the case may be, you know, and it, it was a very interesting process to be a part of. Again, I go back to what I said earlier. When you take a look at the breadth of what the, what it was really about, it was a very broad brushstroke about what was going to be what they wanted kicked out of the, you know, and not to be certified organic anymore. It's very interesting to see, um, you know, and and the reaction that the industry has. It's 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 been it's been you know participating in this and watching and listening has been really kind of an eye opening experience. So I'm it'll be interesting nice to see where it goes and what's next, but you know I did want to touch on it a little bit because I think it is it is certainly at the forefront of a lot of people's minds over the last couple of weeks. Um, one of the other things and and that's on the agenda coming up is climate smart ag for the NOSB. Um, which is a, you know, what uh, are we at the, the USDA announced? Is it three billion plus now in dollars now?
1: The climate commodities program was, was yeah, very it's like rec- three. Yeah, it was recently announced. Yep.
0: Yeah, it's like three. I mean, it's, so it's you know, climate smart, climate ag whatever, we want, you know, how we want to throw a climate smart ag it's really a big topic these days. So if you wouldn't mind, kind of tell everybody a little bit what climate smart ag means, if you wouldn't mind, and, and maybe even kind of where that definition came from. And, and if you wouldn't mind elaborating a little bit on it.
1: Yeah, so climate smart agriculture is a broad term. Uh, it, it really does relate to agricultural practices um, mm-hmm. that uh, are, are supporting supportive and uh, responding and um, and mitigating the effects of, of climate change. Those are Jenny's words, not the USDA definition. That's, so anyone out there listening, that was sort of Jenny's version of the definition right. of that. I didn't <laughs> didn't look it up, USDA definition. Of, um, yeah. so, but uh, that's my kind of understanding of it. And I think that when you talk about organic, there's all sorts about organic uh, that is climate smart, um, uh, the, the uh, uh, carbon sequestration, all the, the crop practice biodiversity, support, natural resource conservation, all of those elements about uh, maintaining and improving both uh, soil and water quality. Uh, all of those are climate smart practices, but I think that sometimes your know, consumers and even other buyers don't really know what organic means. It's so many things that it's kind of hard to put your finger on it. And mm-hmm. we want to make sure that um, organic is understood to be climate smart also. So organic farmers who are putting all sorts of documentation together for organic system plans, for example, that they actually also get the credit for climate practices where it's appropriate for them. So some folks use organic system plans to also help with their documentation for state level you know, credits, um, for a climate credit. So I think it's important for organic to be part of that climate smart conversation. The board has a work agenda on that topic right now.
0: Yeah. And I want, I want to kind of get into that because I, was, I, I read through um, the document, the discussion document about organic and climate smart. And I found some things in there that was like kind of surprising to me. One of which I was really surprised that there's really not a deep conversation about how water is a part of climate smart agriculture and the discussion about water. There was really no dimension or discussion focused on the part that water plays for folks in this environment do you think that was an oversight? Do you think that, you know, because when I look at that, it's like the whole document is really soil driven, which I get, but do you think that's an oversight, not getting into the conversation specifically, you know, water reduction, how we're going to, because here in California, I mean, water is a big deal. And how do we overcome that?
1: This is where we're going to go right back to that theme of participation. So part mm-hmm. of the reason the board does things that are called discussion documents is to have that discussion. And so they put together an initial discussion document paper um, that the public can then weigh in on. So anyone who's signed up to give public comments, if they want to weigh in on that topic, that's something that they could bring to the table is, hey, we think water is missing from this conversation and this is what we think should be added. Then the board will go back and work on it more and build in the public comment that they get and do a revised version that perhaps includes things. You know, when you have 15 people and it's actually less than that, because a lot of this work happens in the subcommittees, right? yeah, you may or get a you know a handful of people who did their absolute best to write something, um, and okay, we missed that, and so that's why we have participation, is so uh, everybody gets to 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 play in the document. So I think um, again, uh, uh, why participation is important. So explaining the role of water in climate smart agriculture is a role for the public in making those comments. Uh,
0: you know, I know I know for a fact that everybody every day wakes up to try to do good, right? I really firmly believe that. And I believe that they do the same thing as well. And and they do good. You know, their mind is what they know. And I think we've got to keep them educated and open up their eyes to other things and what's out there, whether it's this issue, whether it's a fertilizer, whether it's, you know, aliens coming down, all of it is a part of, of, of being that global community in this industry to uplift each other and to win the day. Because I go back to what I said earlier. I care what we feed these 9.5 billion people as much as how we're going to feed these 9.5 billion people. And so I think it's just really incredibly important that we invest in that process. And that's the reason I appreciate of you kind of giving us some perspective from your side yeah, on this.
1: All perspectives need to be heard on all of these, these issues. So that, you know, some inside baseball there in terms of mm-hmm. um, just the realities of how any large group coming together trying to achieve great things uh, is going to ultimately, is going to ultimately work. Yeah,
0: hundred percent. Well, I got so I got something fun for you, and and I and I emailed you. I told you I said, hey, you know, every time you come on, I get you know feedback, and people say, hey, why didn't you ask her this? And it's like, well, because you weren't in my brain when I was working on this, and you know, blah blah blah. So I thought, okay, let's do this. So we're starting a new thing here, and here we go. It's going to be round one of this. This is Jenny's mailbag. You're the free, not only your guest number five. You literally have your own postal box here at the house now. So you you know, I got I got stuff coming in here. So I pulled a couple of these questions. Um, and they really, this is legit. This isn't me making stuff up. These are little legit emails that folks have sent me. And I thought this would be kind of a cool way to go. So if anybody has any questions for Jenny, because if, if I got her, if I got her for five, I'm pretty sure she's going to come <laughs> back for six at this point. I mean, I, I think when you get this many under your belt, it's, it's you know, it's, it's like a habit now she's going to have to come back and get another recharge of hanging out with me for an hour. So let's read if you don't. So here we go. I'm going to fire this one off. And I, a couple of really good questions. I really like this question because I, I, to be honest with you, I didn't think of this. I, maybe I did, but never gave it a, 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 a much thought. But I never thought of this until this question popped in and I read it. I thought, this is really an interesting one. And I'm looking forward to running this by you. So I'm going to read this off. This question, this is from George. The organic community worked very hard on what information must appear on the organic label to assure, cons, assure, assure consumers they're buying a legit product. The USDA needs to make rules around online sales. Online sellers need to make sure and be responsible for all the information that's on the product label. They need to make it available to consumers online. Everything from the ingredient panel to the certified buy statement is required by regulations to appear on labels. However, there's no such requirement for these to appear on a digital display of organic products. And as an example of the disconnect digitally, when you go on to the big A, the big AF, Amazon fresh, they have a box that you can check that says organic, or another box that you can check that says USDA organic, but there's only one organic. So why should you know, the question leads is, why should digital consumers have less access to label information? That's a big question. That That's wore a question. I got to yeah. see God. I'm, my heart's beating like a rabbit after beating. I need a break.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so these are, um, it's a great question. And so um, it, truth and representation um, in all uh, labeling environments is, is important. And so uh, there is something in the organic regulations called the retail exemption. And so like, for example, a retail store um, that is only, selling organic uh, products in certain circumstances um, doesn't actually need to be certified. And so it is uh, interesting that as the rules were written, there are also some exemptions for uh, uncertified handlers. So people who are handling organic food in certain conditions don't need to be certified. When the regulations were written, remember, it was the early 2000s. And so Mm -hmm. in the early 2000s, uh, I don't know about you, but I was still, you know, calling up my internet provider on a modem. And so, yeah. So at the time the final rules were written, I mean, people were really thinking about brick storefronts. Um, That was the mental model. And it was really hard to figure out, you know, what part of a store needed to be certified. So if you're grinding the peanut butter, do you need to be certified? You know, that kind of thing. And so that's where people's head were. No one knew what Amazon or anybody else, uh, any of these online retails are going to end up being. And so I do think um, the strengthening organic enforcement rule that is currently under review right now, um, it does acknowledge this shift and in the market and has uh, some provisions that relate to this as, as drafted. Um, I think uh, the other element is the enforcement side of it, um, yeah. that we do actually have an active relationship with major online retailers. And when we get a complaint that somebody may be selling uh, organic that is not certified, we absolutely do pursue that. We absolutely do pursue that. Um, And so uh, we do have a very good relationship with many retailers where truth and advertising is important to them for their brand as well. And so um, our team has a proven process for pursuing those types of complaints. So if it is on a website, and you can't find the label information about who is it certified by, that's mm-hmm. the kind of thing we do want to complain about because there should be at least a picture that allows you to zoom in and see who certified it just like you, you would in, in a store. So um, store. Yeah. yeah, So both standard solutions and enforcement solutions on, on that one. It is um, online environment just wasn't something that was conceived at the time of the final rule. So it was written through the eyes of a brick and mortar, not an online environment. So. Well,
0: well it, you know, look, I mean, the, the world is changing so rapidly in agriculture. So, you know, you're right. I mean, heck, things that you guys were working on five years ago are, are different today, right? Different I mean, today. All, yeah. And, right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to have to be an evolution. But what, to, again, I think it's a great question. It's certainly, you know, because I'm. It's it caught me by surprise going, God, I didn't even, you know. Yeah, you're right. That is okay. And then I did a little digging, too. It's like, well, I got to go check this out. It's like, oh, yeah, there, there really are two boxes there. It makes sense. So, but again, it goes back to being, you know, and you're asking for it point blank. We've talked about the entire broadcast. Participate, go online, say this, let you guys because you are a staff of 80, but you're not 80 folks riding around on horses with badges, right? It's just you need the public help.
1: And I do want to say there is some regulatory nuance here um, that mm-hmm. there is USDA certified organic, um, but because of our trade, we have some trade arrangements, for example, with the EU, uh, where, for example, a product that is certified under the EU standard as organic can be sold in the United States. And so right. that's not a USDA certified product, but it is an EU certified product and we've determined them to be equivalent. And when you're, you're looking at some of these retail organic, organizations yeah the it's they are working across borders. And so right. um, same thing for, we have equivalency with Canada. So it could be that uh, that was actually certified under the Canadian organic standard. We accept it as equivalent. It's not USDA certified, but it is right. an equivalent product. There's also the small business provision that if you're selling less than $5,000 uh, in organic business and some mom and pop shops are doing less than $5,000 a business, you don't have to be certified and you can't call yourself organic you just can't use a seal. So there are enough rules there where, you know, uh, some of these retail organizations, they understand those nuances mm-hmm. um, and act accordingly. The question is, do the vendors understand that? And right. are they doing it accordingly? And that's where the complaint process comes in. So there are some well, reasons for the nuance and some of it may be violations that we want to pursue.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and we got a lot of retailers that listen to this broadcast. And I think it's, you know, this will be a really good part for them. They're like, oh, wow, that's probably something we need to Go over to our IT guys and say, "Hey, what are, you know? What are how, how are we doing with this?" Because I would bet you, and I don't even know. I didn't do the deep dive, but I bet it would be probably surprise you how many people are not exactly addressing this question, you know, in, in their own platforms online. And I understand why. I get it, but I mean, it's certainly something we want to embrace and and up the game, right? If you're yeah. going to work this hard, get credit for it.
1: And so we want to thank George for the question, right? Because yeah, I think, sure. and that's also part of participation is participate in these types of kind of educational sessions where we all kind of learn together about what's happening out there.
0: 100%. Here's one, here's one more for you too. I like okay. the, What? Sh- here we go. What should we expect for a timeframe for publishing the national list recommendation as proposed rules, in particular, the fertilizer recommendation coming from the spring meeting.
1: Yeah, so great question. I I think broadly for national list rules, those are real high priorities for the program because uh, materials are something that farmers and processors use every single day. So when we get um, a recommendation from the board on the national list, we do tend to move very quickly. And we've got a very, very strong team here where we're if you look at the rules that are coming out, they're right on the heels of NOSB recommendations um, by rulemaking standards. So, um, the, that rule of is particular interest uh, to the community. We also know that um, there's just there are a lot of eyes on that NOSB recommendation related to ammonia extracts, and we know that the market um, really craves certainty (laughs) Uh, and so we are it is a high priority uh it is a high priority for us and we are writing it now i can't give an exact date on publication um and it's working working on it yeah
0: that's good enough yeah look i mean that answers the question what you know there's so much exciting stuff going on, and and you are you are driving a you're driving a big ship going a lot of different directions at the same time. What's next and exciting coming up for you guys? We got anything? You know, I mean, obviously you guys you have a lot of things in front of you, no doubt. You got anything you want to share? Anything exciting? Obviously, we need everybody to participate in the meeting coming up here in a couple of weeks in October. Um, figure out how to do it. Zoom in, watch. If you've never watched one, hang out for an hour and check it out on your lunch break. It's really <laughs> worthwhile. It's really an interesting. It's really interesting to be a part of the process and to see what how the process works.
1: And it is a cool demonstration of democracy. So I think it is worth it for that uh, just to be exposed uh, to that to that process. Uh, big things for us coming, and it's a good sort of executive summary of this session. Of uh, we are uh, eagerly waiting the publication of the strengthening of, uh, enforcement final rule, um, organic livestock and poultry standards. Once that public comment uh, closes, we'll be uh, interested in moving ahead with the next stage. There the inerts and advanced notice of proposed rulemaking will also provide really important information moving ahead. So I I do think the community can see our emphasis on standards development and standards protection, all the work that continues to happen in the enforcement side. And that's the stuff I don't get to talk to you about while it's underway. Um, But it's certainly something that we spend a lot of time thinking about and doing here. And sometimes that work doesn't get public. The successes aren't always public, um, but they do uh, have And certainly coming back face-to-face for the board meeting, I think will be a major milestone for all of us in the community and the program included. So we're putting a lot of thought into planning that event. So, uh, And then, of course, the Organic Transition Initiative and the Transition to Organic Partners Program, really getting that stood up and operating uh, with many, many partners across the country is uh, so key. So uh, I'm expecting to be really bored over the next few months. Not, you know, that's How many
0: meetings (laughs) do you have a day? Hey lady, come on. <laughs> See what I mean. You got there's so many, you have so many orders in the water, and you have to try to find each one in every hour. It's like I gotta grab that one, I gotta go grab that one. It's a tireless job, and I I can't even begin. Uh, to, to imagine, you know, walking a mile in your shoes with what's in front of you on your, desk. your desk. is It is chaos. fun.
1: Um, it is fun. And conversations like this are, are a fun part of my of my day, because, you know, think about what we talked about today here. Yeah. And the range of it's really amazing. And uh, that's why I love organic and being in uh, with all the people who make all of this possible.
0: I love I appreciate you. I appreciate everybody there, the hard work that you guys do. I can't thank you enough. I can't thank you know how much, you know, and I and I you know, you know, I want you to tell your staff exactly what I said, how important it is that they do what they do in those days when they don't think it is and they need that uplift. Just know that there's a lot more people out here that love on them for what they do than they probably know. And it's you know, it's important that they remember that their work is so valued and it's making such a difference on our planet, such a difference for this community that we call the organic sector, and we need to keep elevating their day. And brightening their day and uh, appreciating their day. And I hope more and more people will take the time to do that and participate.
1: Yeah. Amen. No,
0: I love good, it. Good I, closing there. Thank you. I appreciate you. All right. So, well, I mean, here's a $100 question. No, don't BS me now. $100 question. Am I changing the five Am I, over here? Am I, am I changing the five to a six? Is there a six in my future?
1: You know, I'm going to send you a green sharpie so you can just color in the bottom part of the five and make it a six.
0: I'm done.
1: There I you love go. It.
0: I appreciate you, Jenny, very, very much. I, I appreciate
1: do. you, Todd. Thank you so much for having me once again. I enjoyed being with you.
0: It's an honor. Everybody, Jenny Tucker, I don't know what else to say, right? I mean, you know, send your mail. We're going to do Jenny's mailbag. we going to keep going. Who knows? Maybe we'll start doing it socially. We'll throw stuff out. We'll go back and forth with everybody and, and we'll answer questions and keep elevating the game and keep elevating the participation. Join her. Join her staff. Join the NOSB. Be a part of the process and let's get over the hump, and let's win the day, and let's see if we can feed 9.5 billion people organic food, huh? That doesn't sound like a far-fetched idea if we all lean into it. Let's try. Anyways, go inspire somebody today, just like I know Jenny did for me, and I hope this conversation did for you. We appreciate you. Check us out on social media. Come back and listen to us. Jenny's coming back for number six. I can't wait, and uh, I appreciate all of you for listening. Take care of each other, and uh, keep a smile on your face. Take care.